Please pray with me. Spirit, give us fresh ears to hear your word today and move us so that upon hearing your word, we are stirred to the work of your people. Amen. Today's Old Testament lesson is Psalm 19. Listen for the word of the Lord. The heavens are telling the story of God, and the firmament proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night declares knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard. Yet their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In the heavens he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom for his wedding canopy, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the ends of heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and nothing is hid from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. But who can detect their errors? Clear me from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from the insolent. Do not let them have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And our New Testament lesson comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, verses 14 through 21. Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release for the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When Pastor Brian asked me if I could preach today, I took a look at this week's lectionary, saw the gospel text, and immediately said yes. This part of Luke has long been one of my absolute favorite parts of all of scripture. And for years, ever since I was in college, whenever I've read it or the part of Isaiah that it draws from, um, I have had this inexplicable urge to find the nearest crowded room and to stand up on a chair in the middle of it 
and read these words out loud for everyone to hear because I think it is like the absolute best good news of the gospel. Um, so I appreciate the chance to finally stand in a crowded room and read this out loud. Um, and I hope that you will all hang with me for the next 10 minutes or so as I try to convey just what it is about this part of Luke that just captures me so much. Friends, if you want to know what the ministry of Jesus is all about, then we are in the right place in the gospel today. Our text from Luke is here to tell us that God liberates us. The Son of God came to us in human form as the man Jesus to set us free from anything that might ensnare us, from sin, from illness, from oppression or despair, from poverty and blindness and captivity, anything that might hold us in spiritual or emotional or physical bondage. God liberates us. And we live in a world that desperately needs some liberation in all of its forms. We are held captive and in poverty in ways that are both obvious and insidious. I would guess for most of us here or watching online, um, poverty and captivity or oppression, as we commonly think of them, are not part of our everyday experience. But there are still parts of our lives in which we yearn for Christ's freedom. Pastor Jonathan Brooks is a community activist in Chicago's Lawndale neighborhood, and he speaks extensively on ministry in under-resourced communities, and he claims that while some communities are poor in the monetary sense, every community is poor in something. So we may not be poor in the traditional sense, but I think we all have some area in our lives where we are poor in something or held captive by something. When I started thinking about this, my husband Tripp and I started talking about what holds us captive. And at first, we thought, well, I don't know, that's maybe a little abstract. Nothing holds us captive. But within 10 minutes, we had this whole list of things. Um, anything from overconsumption to our fear of scarcity that had us hoarding toilet paper and COVID tests, to our dependence on that dopamine hit of a like on social media for affirmation, to the pressure of maintaining a certain social status by joining the right clubs or thinking about sending our daughter to the right schools. And these are just some of the examples of the many things that hold us captive in our American culture, from addiction to abuse to harmful individualism. There are just countless things from which all of us need to be freed. And it's into this world that Jesus declares he has come to preach good news of release and of recovery, of freedom, of the year of the Lord's favor. That good news is for you and for me in whatever situation we may find ourselves in. Wherever you feel held captive, wherever you feel blind, wherever you feel stuck in sin or in despair, you can take it to Jesus and claim the promise that today, God's word of freedom has been fulfilled. And this word is for each one of us individually, but it's also for our entire world systemically. Again, I doubt many of us personally identify with the specific ills Jesus speaks to, of poverty and blindness, captivity and oppression. But for many people around the world, those are their actual lived reality every single day. In 2020, over 11% of Americans, including 11 million children, lived in poverty. And in that same year, over 16,000 victims of sex trafficking were reported in our country. Worldwide, over 40 million people live in some condition of modern-day slavery. And at any given time in the U.S., there are 2 million people behind bars, and nearly a quarter of them have not yet been convicted of a crime. So for so many people, poverty is not abstract, captivity is not a metaphor. 
we are privileged to not experience these in our lives and that doesn't mean our lives are not difficult and that there are not hard things there christ of course came to free us to to liberate us but jesus seems to pay particular attention to people who are in dire situations and people who are on the margins of society and so we should also draw our own attention our time and our energy there in one of the guiding confessions of our church, the Confession of Belhar, which was written in South Africa under the very real oppression of apartheid. We confess that God in a world full of injustice and enmity is in a special way the God of the destitute, the poor, and the wronged. That God calls the church to follow God in this. So we are free in Christ, not for freedom's own sake, but for the sake of the glory of God and the gospel. Our liberation in Christ should always turn us toward the liberation of others. When I think about what that might look like in our world, what God's people joining in God's work of justice and liberation can do, I think about the work of iCare in our community. iCare is a local coalition of faith congregations that is committed to creating a more just Jacksonville. And so Riverside is one of just 38 congregations in our city that are joined in this work. One of our most recent successes in which we have toiled with others to literally set people free has been through the Juvenile Civil Citations Program that iCare championed with local officials. In 2016, over 600 youths were arrested in Duval County for nonviolent misdemeanors, so things like underage drinking or stealing a soda. And these arrest records followed them into adulthood, and it was having long-lasting repercussions on things like their ability to get jobs or to find housing. Think about how many people you know who had a drink before they turned 21. Then think about if that person was arrested and had to disclose that they had had an arrest every time they applied for a job for the rest of their life. A civil citations process existed as an alternate for young people to be held accountable, but it was very underutilized. And so in 2017, hundreds of members of iCare congregations, including Riversiders, gather together to secure a promise from the sheriff and the state's attorney to use the civil citation process for 90% of eligible youth. Now, nearly five years later, 99% of eligible youth in Duval County go through this alternate civil citations process. And we have become a model in the state for how this can work. Hundreds of young people have avoided an arrest record for doing really the stupid things that young people sometimes do, but for which they shouldn't be penalized for the rest of their life. And this is because the people of God right here in the city took the words of Jesus seriously when he said that they had today he had come to free the oppressed and release the captive. So friends, perhaps you look around at our world and at everything that needs to be liberated, and you're faced with just the sheer need of all of it, the seeming impossibility of it. I've pointed out just a handful of ways these realities exist in our world, but I know if we all brainstorm together, we would have a list of dozens and maybe hundreds more ways that these are, are prevalent around us. And curing just one thing seems impossible, let alone all of them. But I would encourage us to look beyond what we imagine to be possible, because our imaginations are limited. We should look instead to the dreams that defy possibility. After all, let us not forget what is at the very centerpiece of our faith, the same Jesus who walked into the synagogue in Nazareth and preached liberation for all of us, is the very same Jesus who died an excruciating and very real 
very permanent seeming death and then impossibly walked out of his grave three days later. That is the world that we live in. The rules have been shattered. We no longer are bound by what seems like it should be possible because what was once impossible is now possible for us. We are people of a kingdom that reverses death. We get to be people of impossible liberation. And maybe even upon hearing this good news, we are tempted to say, okay, Jesus walked out of the tomb, and yes, Jesus declares sight for the blind and freedom for the oppressed. But that will happen when Christ returns. That will happen someday. However, Jesus did not say someday this scripture will be fulfilled in your hearing. He said today. Today, this scripture is fulfilled. And that today is just as good on January 23rd, 2022, as it was 2,000 years ago when Jesus uttered it. Today, Christ is appointed to preach good news. Today, Jesus heals. Today, God frees. Today, the Spirit liberates. Today. That, for us, that today is both a promise and an invitation. We are invited to be people who work for these impossible dreams today as well. Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. reminds us of the danger of declining Christ's invitation today in favor of a vague someday. In his letter from a Birmingham jail, he wrote, For years now, I have heard the word wait. It rings in the ear of every Negro with piercing familiarity. This wait has almost always meant never. We must come to see that justice too long delayed is justice denied. Human progress never rolls in on wheels of inevitability. It comes through the tireless efforts of men willing to be co-workers with God. We must use time creatively in the knowledge that the time is always ripe to do right. Friends, today, this very day, is the time to join the liberating work of God. So think about your own life. Where do you need freedom or healing or restoration? But it feels impossible. And think about our world. Where do you see the need for healing and for freedom and restoration? But it just feels impossible. I encourage you to pick that one impossible thing that sets your teeth on edge and just wearies you and drags you down. Find the, things, the thing that looks like death. And then dream what life might look like there instead. Take that dream to Jesus and ask to join in the work of liberation that is already happening. Or perhaps even finding a dream seems impossible. Sometimes, especially in our weary world of COVID and racial injustice and a supply chain on the brink, it's just too hard to see past what is difficult and what is despairing and oppressive. So take what despairs you to Jesus and ask the Spirit for a dream of freedom and then join the work of liberation that is already happening. And when we are discouraged, when despair seems inevitable and freedom seems impossible, remember these words from the Gospel of Luke. Jesus stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. 
Then he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen.